0: Come on, come on. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? Come on, we can do better than that. How you guys doing this morning? All right, good stuff. Look, online, we thank you guys for tuning in online. We thank you guys. We love you guys. We we just can't wait to see you again. So please make your way into the church as soon as you can, as soon as you feel comfortable. We know the Holy Spirit's going to move in here just the same way he's going to move in your house. Okay, so we're excited about that today. We know God's got an amazing word today for everybody. So we just love you guys. We thank you. We're going to ask you to stand to your feet. We're going to get ready to worship. So so I want you to get ready at home. Come on, let's pray. Let's, Let's lift this place up this morning. Come on, let's get God to show up in a mighty way. Come on, Holy. We love you, God. We thank you, Lord. You're so good. Come on holy. We love you, Lord. We love you. We love you. We thank you that we get to do this today, Father God. We're so blessed, God. So we ask you to come join us. Come on, sit with us, Holy Spirit. Come on, Father. Come sit with this place today. Father, we ask you to touch each and every person in here, everybody watching online, Father. Come on, Holy. You have your way in our lives and everything we do, God. We submit it all to you in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody said Amen. amen and amen. Come on, let's get ready to worship.
1: this morning, if you're like, what, you've been like, what do I do? How do I change how I feel? How do I change this situation? How do I remove this burden? I'm telling you that is the prescription this morning. Bless his name. Something always changes when we bless his name. Something always changes when we lift him up, when we magnify and glorify his We've blessed the Lord. Things have shifted and changed in this place because we lifted him up. We magnified him. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Now, as we sing this song, this is literally the atmosphere where miracles can happen now. Anything is possible in this room right now. Believe it. Anything is possible. Amen.
2: no shadow that could ever overcome your life. And there is no rival that could ever stand against your might. You've always been with us, every
3: battle you've already won. no weapon
2: that has ever left a mark on you. And there is no army
3: with the power to conquer truth. You've always been with us. Everybody. true
2: I'll shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance I will
3: dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment and break every chain. Oh, all of my fear I will turn into praise. I'll shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance I will dance out in faith. I will crush disappointment and break every chain. I will turn into praise. I'll shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance I will dance out in vain. I will crush disappointment. Show me one thing you can do. Show me.
2: I'll shake off despair as I sing out your name A victory dance, I will dance loud in faith I will crush disappointment and break every chain Oh, all of my fears
3: I will turn into praise I'll shake off despair as I sing out your name A victory dance, I will dance loud in faith I will crush disappointment and break every chain Oh I will turn into praise, shake off despair as I sing out your name. A victory dance, I will dance out in faith, I will crush disappointment. victory is yours there's nothing too hard for you nothing too hard for you you're the God of miracles the one who goes before the one who fights for me and you have never and you won't start now. is mine yeah, yeah. Oh, victory is mine
2: he is the God of the breakthrough and anything is possible right here and now he is the God of the
3: breakthrough and anything is possible nothing he can't do He is the God of the breakthrough, and anything is possible. He is the God of the breakthrough, and anything is possible. Oh, it's possible. A sinner, a harvest reaper, breaking my heart for what breaks in yours. I wanna be a guide to the lost ones, the wandering daughters and sons. Break sinners, a harvest reaper. Pray my heart for what breaks yours. I want to be a light to the lost ones, the wandering daughters and sons. let your love come down let your love come down let your love come down
4: on the throne blessing and honor glory and power be unto the Lord unto
5: Me, but I feel like the enemy is trying to just oppress our praise this morning. I feel like he's trying to hinder our worship. I don't know if it's about y'all, but I've had kind of a rough week and I've had to continuously seek the Lord and just pour out praise and worship to Him. I don't want to let the enemy steal our worship. But it's our choice. We can sing out the praises of God. Or we can lie down in defeat. And we're not defeated. We serve a victorious Jesus. And so because he is victorious, so are we. So I want you to go back into that worship, that blessing and honor. And it's so repetitive. Just catch on to it. Sing. Of your God. Sing the victory through worship. Lift him up and give him what he's worth. He is so worthy. He is so kind. He is so good and he is so gracious and he will meet you right where you are. Just open your mouth. We're not asking, no show. We're not asking for a show. We're asking for a heart posture of Worship. To the King of kings and the Lord of lords and the God of our salvation, he is worthy of it.
1: That's
0: He is so worthy. Come on. Come on. If he's worthy, can we lift up a shot of praise in the house? No, we got to get louder than that. Come on. We love you, Jesus. You're so worthy, so holy, so wonderful. Come on. We love you. so holy, so worthy, God. So worthy of our praise this morning, holy. Come on Father, we love you. We love you, Lord. And we surrender to you this morning. Have your way, Father. Have your way in our lives, God. We give it all to you this morning. We give you all the praise, all the honor, all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Come on, and everybody said amen and amen. Come on. Let's give them what a king deserves in the house. Woo! so good. Ooh! what a good morning, y'all. Do me a favor, turn around, find somebody you don't know, give them a high five, a holy hug, say hello, do something. We'll be right back.
6: Everybody's on a different path, but, but some people are just a little, you know, further along. I get up every morning and I put on the full armor of God, just like the Apostle Paul tells us to do in Ephesians 6. Of course, it's made a few things more difficult. I've had to reevaluate some things, like how I get in my car, how I drink my morning coffee, but, but I've come up with solutions for most of these things. It's not for everybody, and my wife's not really into it. Hey, can you hear me? Dad, I need need you to talk just a little bit louder. Sometimes I hear people make fun of me behind my back, but I just turn the other cheek, you know? I mean, who's gonna be laughing when the day of evil comes? Not the guy in the suit of armor, you know what I mean? I'm working on my moves. Gotta stay sharp, you know? I've got my breastplate of righteousness. I've got my helmet of salvation. It doesn't get any more secure than when you're wearing the helmet of salvation. Shoot! got my feet fitted with the readiness of the gospel of peace the belt of truth I got the sword of the spirit which is the word of God and I've got my shield of faith I don't know why more people haven't done this yet but they will they'll learn
0: come on come on good morning how's everybody doing Y'all got your armor of God on? I think Holly's got to turn either, I think it's the monitors off or something. Ah, So good, so good, so good. Thank you guys for joining us this morning. If you're tuning in online, thank you for tuning in. Do us a favor, share this link, get it out there. Uh, Just let us know. Just share it. Tell everybody that, look, they just need to watch this this morning. God has a word for them Uh, God has a word for them, I'm telling you, it's so good. And I'm DJ, so if you're new here, I'm DJ, along with my wife, Jules. We get the honor to pastor here at Destiny Church. Come on, y'all love our church? Come on. Man, it's so good, so good. Woo. Go ahead. (laughs) We're going to have fun today, I can see that. This is going to be a good one. This is going to be a good one. So if you're tuning in online, do me a favor. If you need prayer this morning, reach out to our prayer team. We'll have those numbers coming up. You can actually uh, go on our link. uh, it's on the link. If you're watching it, there's a, there's a prayer request at the bottom of that. Plus, we have numbers for you, so just text somebody. Let somebody know you need prayer this morning. That is so important. If you don't have our app, download our app, Destiny Church Alabama app, so you can watch it online. You can get prayer online, all those things right on the app. It's powerful. So download that app so you can just make sure you know what's going on here at Destiny Church. Look, if you're new here, if it's your first time, fill out the Connect card for us. Uh, let us know that you're here, and it's your first time or first time in a long time, so we can reach out to you. We want to pray for you. Just let you know that we love you, and we thank you for showing up. We can't do that if we don't know how to get hold of you. So just let us know, uh, and so we can reach out to you. It's going to be so good. Couple quick announcements. Uh Monday night prayer. Come on, be right here every single Monday night, 6 p.m. It's powerful. Look, just come on in and sit in the presence of the Lord. We have worship music going. We're just praying together as a family. Uh, You can't beat that. Every single Monday night at 6 p.m. On Tuesday nights, we have Tuesday at the table with Brother Bo. So Brother Bo brings the word Tuesday at the table. That's our midweek service. So come on out. We're in a phenomenal series on Abraham and his faith and what that means. So it's a great foundational teaching. So be here on Tuesday nights for that. Wednesday nights. This campus is completely packed, so we have our children's ministry with Mama Lowe in the back. Come on. Drop your kids off at 6. We have our student ministry right in here in the sanctuary. Come on. With Pastor Kevin and Crystal just doing great things. We have small groups, so we have small groups going on. We, We got our married couples group right here on campus on Wednesday night. Uh, drop the kids off, come to the married couples group. It's, it's, it's a phenomenal time to get together as, as married couples and just talk about life and figure this thing out because that's what it's all about sometimes. Sometimes we got to get together. We also have our young adults ministry uh, meeting on Friday nights. Come on, our young adults with Brandon and um, Nicole. So we got some phenomenal things going on at Destiny Church. If you don't get involved, uh, then, then, then that's your fault. We have small groups. Go online. Check out all our small groups. We have tons of groups available to you. Great opportunities to get plugged in. Do not do life alone. I tell everybody that you can't do it alone. You need to get around people uh, that believe like you. You need to get around people that can lift you up, support you, uh, move you through whatever it is you might be going through. Or just to make friends. You need to have friends uh, that can pour into you, right? So Sometimes it's hard. We get around people that just take from us. It's nice to be around people that can pour into you. So, so get connected. Get connected. I want to give a special thanks out yesterday. Uh, we had a big cleanup day um, out at Living Waters Ministry, which is where Mama Lowe's uh, uh, ministry is. It's also where Brother Bo's ministry is. Uh, there are, it's a phenomenal property, uh, which is out in Marbury, Alabama. Uh, we're out there. Uh, most of the morning yesterday, and we had tons of people show up, man. We had zero turns and people on uh, with weed eaters and chainsaws and all kinds of things going on because uh, Pastor Ed uh, and Miss Bunny, they were the pastors out there. Pastor Ed passed away uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, he has transitioned, which, which is fine, and, and, and we're trying to do a memorial for him this Saturday. Um, so this Saturday is going to be a memorial. So we went out there as a church, uh, and just, man, we just wrapped our arms around them and tried to take care of that property and get it up to honor him the way we should honor him for his 70-plus his years of service in the ministry and doing what God called him to do. So I thank everybody that volunteered for that. We had tons of people volunteer, so thank you from the bottom of my heart uh, for representing our church and representing God the way we did yesterday. So I appreciate that. I know it, it, it digs into time, but look, we got everybody home for football. Just letting you know. Yeah. Yeah, Ken, you should have probably been out there just a little bit longer, brother. You might want been cutting right through about six o'clock. Come on now. It's so good though. <laughs> So, guys, anyway, I want to get into the message. Let's pray, and let's just jump into our message this morning. So, Father, we love you, God. We thank you, Lord. We thank you that we get to do this. We thank you we get to come together as a church and worship you, Father. So, so right now, God, touch my heart, Father God. Father, touch my lips this morning. Let it be only you speaking, Father, and not me, God. So, Father, just use me right now in a mighty, mighty way. Father, we, we surrender this whole thing to you. We give it to you, Father God. Have your way in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Come on. Uh, so we have been in a uh, series on the armor of God. You guys enjoying this so far? Yeah. Come on. This is, this is it's part of our family. We got th- I'm going to preach to this side today. This is where everybody was clapping. So um, people over here, you guys are struggling. I'm going to preach to you in my office later on. We'll get everybody in there. We call that counseling. Um, but now here, here's the thing, I love this because we went through the, uh, the Beatitudes and, and we have spent a long time in the Beatitudes trying to feel, build a foundation of what God wants to do and how he wants to do it and what he expects out of us. And I thought it was a great opportunity to transition from the Beatitudes and go right into the full armor of God. It's so important that we talk about the armor of God and what that means because guess what? The enemy's not stopping, okay? The enemy's coming at us every single day. He's not gonna stop. So we need to be prepared. We need to understand how do we battle that? How do, how do we defend ourselves through that? How do we surrender to God so that God can take care of us? Y'all getting this? Alright, good stuff. So we're, we're on track here. Uh, I want to pick up kind of where we left off last week. Last week we discussed, um, we got into the, the belt of truth, if you remember that. Everybody was here last week. If not, you can watch it online. If you were watching online last week, we lost internet right in the middle of service. That's okay. It's uploaded now. You can watch the whole sermon online. Everything's on the app. It's on the, it's on the website, so go out there and finish watching that. We do apologize. We don't control things we don't control. It is what it is. I don't know what else to tell you there. So the enemy didn't want anybody to hear that message last week. So we fixed it. We got it now. So anyway, last week we talked about the belt of truth. And we said how the belt of truth uh, comes out of the word of God. It's the truth of the Bible. It's the truth of Jesus. It's wearing Jesus like on you all the time. So when you walk into places, people don't see you, they see Jesus. It's the truth, the truth of who he is and what he did. It's the truth that he brings the truth. Jesus is the truth. And that guess what? The enemy... Man, he, he brings what? He brings lies. He's the father of lies. That's what we covered last week. We talked about um, the, the truth and how the, the belt of truth holds up the armor of God. It's the most foundational piece of the armor of God was the belt of truth. So, so that's what we hit last, last week. Um, so I want to pick up this week. We'll cover our go-to verse in Ephesians. Hopefully you brought your Bibles. Uh, if not, go get one in the foyer. We have them out there for you. Uh, or you can pull out your phone. You can do it that way if you want. Uh, I love church when you bring a bible <laughs> it 's so good what God can do uh, but here 's the thing I, I love this verse we 're going to get into ephesians six ten through eighteen ephesians six ten through eighteen that 's our go to verse that 's what we 're studying that 's what we 're going to walk through um, and I love this verse paul 's writing it from prison right and he 's writing it out to uh the church of Ephesus. So he's out there he's sending it to them. It is not directly to them though. It's to them, but it's also for all the churches in the region. So he says, I want you to read this. I want you to read this letter. It's just a letter. And actually they weren't titled back then. So it was a letter. Um, and he sent it out and he said, this isn't just for you. This is for all the other churches around you. The people doing ministry around you. They need to hear this. It's that important that you understand what, what is going on in the spiritual realm. So our go-to verse, Ephesians six ten through 18. We're going to pick it up there. It will be on the screen if you don't have a Bible. So finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done you have done everything to stand. And always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Come on, holy, bless this. Come on, Father, it's gonna be, let it be you, God, come on. So this is what the Bible says, and uh, he gives us this. Paul writes this because he says you need to understand that, that he's telling the churches this is, this is what you have to do. You know, God is blessing us. He gives us everything we need to know about how to protect ourselves against the enemy, okay? But, but it's our choice, that, that's the problem. So I wanna pick this up uh, because we need the armor of God. We do need the armor. Uh, But it's the armor of God. Remember, I tried to compare that. We do talk about a Roman soldier. That's what Paul was looking at and thinking about. That's how you could relate it back then. It was an analogy. Uh, It wasn't that you're actually supposed to walk around like that guy in the video, you know, with full armor on. Different type of armor, but you should be wearing it every single day. Um, But we have to put it on every day. So I want to pick it up in verse 14. It says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist with the breastplate of righteousness in place. And that's where we're going to stop today. We talked about the belt of truth last week. We're going to hit the breastplate of righteousness today. That's what we're going to dig into. You guys ready? (laughs) Well, look, I tell you, this is good because when I think about the breastplate of righteousness in place, um, and this is supposed to um, protect you, uh, guide you, it's kind of like a seatbelt in your car. Every car has a seatbelt. Right, Every car has a seatbelt. Right? Seat and every car is made to tell you. They give you a warning all the time to buckle your seatbelt. So if you don't buckle your seatbelt, there's an alarm going off saying you should be buckling your seatbelt. Why? Because it's safe. Because I'm trying to protect you. Your car is trying to remind you that there is something in place to protect you. And that's what you see here in the verses. This is what Paul's giving us right here. He's saying, look, you need To put this on, you need to be wearing righteousness every day. God's righteousness on you every single day. And they call it the breastplate of righteousness. You need it. You need it on all the time. He's warning us. But you can't. Look, don't be like in your car because I know everybody here, everybody buckles their seatbelt, right? All right. If not, come talk to me. I'll share that with you. That's dangerous. But just like you would do that in your car, there's a lot of people that walk around this world, and they don't put on the breastplate of righteousness every day. And it's just as dangerous, actually more dangerous than not wearing your seatbelt. And that's what people don't understand. You know, the enemy is coming in all the time. He's not going to take a break. He's He's not stopping. He's not taking a vacation. He doesn't take weekends off. He's just looking for an opportunity to come in. And that's what you have to remember as we put this on. So he's telling us here that we have to do something that protects us from the blows of the devil, that, that, that the blows are coming. And when, we, and when we look at this, I look at the breastplate of righteousness, what that was. And they said that the Roman soldiers would put it on and it would cover them. It would cover all spots all the way around them. Okay, and it would cover your vitals. And what that meant is that that when he, you know, the enemy would come at them, they'd be facing them in front. So they might be in a sword fight or whatever with somebody in front of them. It stops things from coming where they can't see it. And we all know that's how the enemy works, right? It's easy to fight somebody in front of you. You know, I can pretty much fight anybody in front of me. I'm at least going to fight a little bit. But if I see you, I can fight you. It's what we can't see that we can't fight. And that's why we have to put on this armor every single day because there's stuff coming at us all around that we can't see. Right, So we got, we got to wake up ready for this, ready for this. Hmm. And here's the thing. God realized that, that, that we couldn't do it on our own. He realized that we were going to need help with this. That's why, that's why he said, uh, I'm going to give you uh, some protective gear to wear. He says, I'm going to help you out. So and what that means is that when you get born again, right, when you get born again, he says, I'm going to give you my righteousness. I'm going to give it to you. Unfortunately, we have free will. So God says, I'm going to freely give you this to wear Because you can't do it on your own. You're not powerful enough. So this is what I'm giving you. I'm giving you me and I can help ward off anything. But we have free will. There's a lot of people that will come into church or, or say a, a sinner's prayer and say, yes, I love Jesus and go back to doing everything they were doing before they walked into the church and they refuse to put it on. It's like driving a car without your seatbelt. There's more to, just than, than, to this than just a prayer. There's more to this than just a prayer because the enemy's coming. Mm. So 2 Corinthians 5, 21. 2 Corinthians five twenty-one It says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. So God made who? God made Jesus, right? To be sin for us. Why? So that through him, We could have the righteousness of God through Him. So when you give your heart to Jesus, guess what? He says, "There's my righteousness for you to pick up and and run with it." Mm. So we have the ability when we accept them into our heart to wear that armor. But then it's up to us every single day, every moment of the day, to pick it back up and put it back on. It's that free will. What this means is that righteousness belongs to God alone. And only him. We can't do it. We can seek it. Right? We, we, can, we can seek after it. We can be thirsty for it. If you remember back in the Beatitudes, uh, Matthew 5, 6, it says, uh, um, well, uh, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Do you remember that? We talked about being hungry, what it feels like to be so hungry, right? And thirsty, but we're supposed to do that for his righteousness. We're supposed to do that for him. And when you're hungry and you're thirsty and you're seeking after it, he will bless you. He'll be there for you. But it takes that, it takes you, right? And your free will to seek him. It takes everything you have to do it. In other words, do everything you can do, give the rest to God. That's what I say. Do everything you can do and then give the rest to God. And be at peace knowing that he's got your back because you've done everything you could do. Come on. So we need to put on his righteousness, his holiness to protect us each and every day. What are we protecting? Our heart, right? Our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions. We talked about that in week one, right? That's where the enemy's attacking. He's attacking our what? Our mind, our will, our emotions. That's where he hits us. So don't be led by your emotions. Don't be led by what you want to think. Don't be led by your will. Be led by the Spirit. Let God lead you. Because here's the thing, you don't have to earn it. See, a lot of people think they have to earn it. You don't have to earn it. God gives it to you. It's free. Just pick it up and run with it. You don't have to earn it. And here's the thing, when when you want his righteousness, I guess one of the biggest things for for you to understand when you do this, is that you first have to come to accept the fact that, that his righteousness doesn't come from good works. <laughs> See, people got this a little backwards in life. And they think that the more you do, the better you are. It's a little backwards. In fact, um, you're, that's, that's you trying to be righteous. Right? That's, that's your righteousness. And if you look in Isaiah 64, 6, Isaiah 64, 6, says all of us have become like one who is unclean and all our righteous acts are like filthy rags we are shriveled up like a leaf and like the wind our sins sweep us away so you can't do it it can't be upon you it's upon him it's his righteousness that gets us through this doesn't matter how often you attend church how often you do community service. It doesn't matter that you volunteer in the children's ministry or you sing up here on the stage, okay? It doesn't matter how many times you go out and do good deeds. <laughs> that's not going to get you his righteousness. It's not about that. Because if you're not walking with God on the path he set before us, with him, right, that's going to have no value in heaven. Get what I said. All your good works, if you're not walking with him, if he's not beside you, if he's not directing that, if you're not seeking him in everything, will have no value in heaven. On earth, you're doing good deeds. That's awesome. You can change all kinds of things on earth. You can brighten somebody's day by blessing them. You can go out and and cut somebody's grass, and that's a blessing on earth. But if you look about where we are at, I'm talking about eternity. Do you want to do something that, that carries all the blessings on earth with this little tiny dot? Or do you want to do something that's eternity? Think about that. Think about what you're trying to do. If you're doing it on your own and God's not involved and all you're about is doing good deeds and serving and doing those things, but you haven't sought him, you haven't found him, you're not spending time with him, there's going to be no value in heaven with that. So you got to seek him first. So you can't serve your way into heaven. See, your service is not your surrender. Your surrender leads to your service. See, there's a lot of people that got that backwards. And they just think they can serve and they can serve. And as long as they keep serving, everything's going to be great. And it's backwards. Your service doesn't equal your surrender. Your surrender equals your service. When you surrender to God, when you give it to Him, He fills you up so much that you can't help but listen to what He's telling you and do what He's asking you to do, which will lead to good things. It will lead to good deeds. It will lead to serving. It will lead in all those areas. But it's got to be Him first and not you. You know, I did this when I first came to church. When I got saved, Um, I didn't know any, I didn't go to some class afterwards. They didn't say these are all the steps you need to take to become more righteous and holy and be discipled. I didn't have that. All I knew is that God, I just want more of you and the only place I can find you is church because when I walk into those doors, you're there. So I just walked into church and I said, look, I'll do whatever you want me to do, I don't care. (sighs) And I'm telling you, it wasn't changing stuff inside of me. It was changing my actions on the outside, but inside, I was just as bad as I was before. On the inside, I had the same issues I was dealing with before, but on the outside, I was trying to do good works because nobody explained it to me. Nobody, no, nobody said, guess what? If you really want to seek him, you don't have to go to church. You just got to get in the Bible. You got to spend time in his presence. You got to pray with him. You got to worship him. Hmm. They didn't say that. It took me... Several years to figure that out. Several years to get to that point. Hmm. Think about it. It's like, let's see. So thinking you can serve your way into heaven and receive, you know, blessings there just by serving, uh, it's kind of like going to Walmart, picking up all the carts, bagging people's groceries, taking it to their car, stocking the shelves, and then going to talk to the manager and say, am I going to get paid? You don't work for them. You have no allegiance to them. You you do not fall under their authority. They don't know you. You can do all the good works you want. You can go open car doors for people, greet people at the front door and but when you go to the the the, the owner the manager they're going to be like you don't work for us man like we don't know you that's what it's like to serve without knowing God and putting God first cuz when you get there if that's all you have he's going to say I don't know you I never knew you so I'm telling you that, that you need to seek him first you have to seek him first when you realize you can't do it on your own, it's a game changer. Like the game changes. I'm not calling it a game like like it's just a fun thing, but it changes everything when you seek him first. When you seek him first and just allow him to shift your heart and shift your mind and allow him to tell you what you need to do. That's righteousness. That's that's being right with God. Being right with God. So when we pursue his righteousness, there is life. Right? Proverbs 12:28. Proverbs 12, 28 says, in the way of righteousness is life. And in its pathway, there is no death. Hmm. So if we pursue him and his righteousness, there's life. And in its pathway, there's no death. Doesn't mean there's not going to be any trials, any tribulations, any hard times. It doesn't mean along that path it's it's not going to be painful sometimes. It just means there's no death, which means you're going to be with him for eternity. A lot of people think that when you give your heart to Christ, everything changes, and you're just like, Lord, this is great, and my world is perfect, and, and everything's going to be blessed and wonderful. Okay, but the enemy's still out there. He just says, when you submit to me, there will be no death in that path. The path will be life. So as you walk out righteousness, if you, as you seek me every day, that's filled with life and there'll be no death. So we have to put on the armor every day. And we put it on by seeking his face in everything we do. We seek him first. So Matthew 6, 33 says, but seek first his kingdom. In his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. So we seek him first in everything that we do, everything. We make him and his ways our resting place, our dwelling place. When you think about that, how, how you approach him every day, you rest in his presence, you rest in his love, you rest in his will. I'm telling you, you could, you could have the, the worst job ever, but if that's the what he gave you, In anybody else's mind, it'd be the worst job ever. But if he gave it to you, if it's his will, you can rest in it because you know that he put you there for a reason. There's something really good about that. When you're trusting God and things don't look good, but you go, you know what, God? You told me to do it. That means you've got my back. You'll never push me into something, right, that you wouldn't take care of me. You're not going to tell me to do something that you're not going to provide me the way to do it. So we need to delight in his commands and want his ways to become our ways. That's why you preach out of a Bible and not an iPad. Just wants to do its own thing sometimes. Give me a second. So when God speaks to us, or reveals any area of change to us in our lives, right? Right? We need to obey him and allow him to work in us. What I mean by that is that when you're close with God, if God's telling you to do something, if God speaks to you and says, this is what you need to do, and you know that and you acknowledge that and you don't do it, you're living in direct disobedience to him. And people don't understand that. They're like, well, no, I just said no to that one. It's not like you're dealing with your parents, right? You don't have a choice to say, um, nah, I'll pass on that one. God says, I told you what to do, and if you don't do it, you're living in direct disobedience to him. And what you do is you leave open this foothold, right? So when you say no to God, there's this little crack in the armor, and that's where, that's where Satan, that's where the enemy sends his little arrows. Because when God tells you to do something and you don't do it, there's the crack in the breastplate, and the enemy sees it. It doesn't matter how big it is. That's why it's so important that when you draw close to God and he asks you to do something, you just move out of faith. That's where your faith comes in and say, all right, Lord, you told me to do it. I know it's you. I've prayed about it, and now I've got to move. Because if not, the enemy's coming because you just opened that door. Mm, We can't do it on our own. We just need God in everything. So so in those moments, it might not be good. It might not feel right. But that's where you say, Lord, I just need you. Lord, I need you to take control of this because you told me to do it. So to be righteous means to obey God's commands, to live in a way that is honorable to him. That's what it means to be righteous. So we're putting on his righteousness all day. Because when we, when we put it on, that's the shield. That's, that's what we're saying. That's what's going to protect us, not the shield. That's the faith, sorry. It's the breastplate, right, to be right with God. So Psalms 106, three, says, How blessed are those who keep justice, who practice righteousness at all the time, at all times. How blessed. You have to practice it all the time. What's that mean? It means you seek him, you do what he says, you get right with him, you walk around. Like I said before, it's like people see him and not you. To be right with God. But unfortunately, you know, we have this sinful nature, right? We have this sinful nature that comes in and, and uh, we have free will so that, that sinful nature will draw you away from him. We'll tell you to say, no, that's okay. We'll draw you away from what he's saying. We'll tell you to do different things than what he's saying. And when we decide to live based on our own decisions and our own thoughts and our own wants and our own needs and our own will, mind, will, and emotions, when we do that, what we're doing (laughs) is we're saying no to him. When you do that, you're making decisions that will be harmful to you because you're not walking in his will. I'm telling you, it all goes together. It all goes to being, um, seeking him with everything, seeking his righteousness, his, his way of doing things, listening to him, doing what he asks you to do. When you do that every day, that's putting on the breastplate of righteousness. It's waking up and saying, Lord, I can't do this without you every single day. I need to put it on. I need to be ready. I need to be prayed up. I need to worship you in the morning. I need to read your word in the morning. I need to walk out of my house ready to go. Because when you tell me to move, I need to move. I need to be able to hear you clearly. I need to see your face. Here's the other thing. When you step out of obedience, when you step out of obedience, guess what? If it's on you and you step out of obedience, it rolls downhill. A lot of people don't understand that in leadership. In leadership, if you step out of obedience, it's going to flow. That's why you see businesses that fall apart. That's why you see churches that fall apart. Simple leadership tasks of listening to God. That's why it's so important in leadership to trust him and listen to him. Think about families. Hmm. Men, you are supposed to be the spiritual leaders of your families. So if you're not doing your job, you're not in obedience to God, guess what's flowing downhill from you and what's going across your entire family? Because you won't step up and do what you're supposed to do. It's important. I mean, it starts with that. You're the spiritual leader of your family. So if you're not walking in obedience, what are you setting forth for your kids and your wife? And obviously, if, they're, if they're the, the, there's no husband in the picture, that's fine. Guess who's the spiritual authority now? You need to step up, right? I tell you, I'm not as worried about the women in the church. <laughs> Our women got it going on, man. They're all over the place. They're powerful. You go to a lot of churches, and that's what you're going to see. And I need the men to step up. I need the men to start getting in line and saying, all right, Lord, guide me, lead me, show me romans eight six says, "The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace so what's governing your thoughts because if every day we're supposed to seek him first and put on a breastplate of righteousness, then then if you're not seeking him, if you're thinking everything fleshly like man you know uh God put me in this job, but I can't be in this job anymore because I need more money. So I just want to be able to do more things. So I'm going to quit what I'm doing because God put me there. But that's okay, God, because, you know, that doesn't pay a whole bunch of money. But if I go over here and do what I want to do, I'll have more money. Then I can love you more. It doesn't work that way. That's seeking the flesh first. right? So when we hunger and thirst every day, we put on the breastplate. There's life and there's peace. I brought it up, I think last week it's it's this this soulishness, a soulishness it's a in in what it does, it leads to death. So how do we do it? How do we put on the breastplate every day? I've kind of covered it a little bit first, you've got to have a relationship with him. That's where it starts, and a relationship is more than coming and seeing him on Sunday, okay. A relationship starts every single day. You spend time in His presence, time with Him, time in His Word, praying to Him, talking to Him, worshiping Him. It could be in your, it could be anywhere. It starts at your house. It, you can worship Him on the way into work. What are you, what are you, pouring into yourself on your way to work, man? That's a, that's idle time right there. What a good time to just get in the spirit. Now, pay attention to the road. There's some times, y'all. I get driving on the road worshiping. I don't know where I'm going. I'll drive by the exits. I don't know how I got from one exit to the next. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> you're that good. Whew, it's dangerous. You can't, hey, if you swerve across the road and I see you worshiping God, we're good. I won't even honk. I won't even honk. But if you're on your phone, now you're not supposed to be reading Scripture and driving. That doesn't work. No reading Scripture and driving. Yeah, it's against the law. We believe in authority. Um... So, yeah, relationship with him, it starts with him. It starts with having that foundation of knowing him personally, right, spending time with him. Second, you need to read the Bible every day. Study it, meditate on it. I say that I think every single week how important the Bible is. Every answer is in there. And here's the thing, you can say, well, I read the Bible, and it was good, but I've already read it. This is not like a book you read and put on the shelf. Every time you read it, something else pops out. Every time you read it, he speaks to you in another way. Every time you read it, he just brings something. You could read the same verse every day, and he'll put something else in your mind every single day and speak to you every single day. So read the Bible every day. Third, we need to look at the the decisions we make, right? And we need to bounce them off from God's word. So when you have to make a decision in your life, what does the word say about it? What, What is his word? And then guess what? Pray about it, let him speak to you. Okay, so before, when you have time, now granted, there are decisions. That's why you have to be prayed up. Because if you're prayed up, if you're, in, if, you, if you're walking with Him closely with Him, you're walking in righteousness, if people see Him, not you, and you have to make a decision, guess what? The right answer is going to come out because you're going to be prepared. You're going to have your, your breastplate on. You know, the enemy's not coming at you in any direction. So you need to make decisions based on Him. And finally, we, we can ask Him to give us the strength to live righteously. How do I live like you, God? Give me the strength to do that. Give me the courage to do that. Give me the courage to stand against society and do what's different than than what everybody else is doing. But you you ask him that. That's that's that last step. God, guide me, lead me, give me that power, show me how to do it every single day. So when you pray and you ask for it, you get it. 1 John 3.22 says, and we will receive from him whatever we ask because we obey and do the things that please him. A lot of people will flip that scripture around and say, well, I asked for it, he should give it to me. No, it says, because we obey and do the things that please him. So if you're in obedience and the stuff you're doing pleases him, then when you ask for something in prayer, he wants to provide that to you. He wants to give that to you. It might not be in the form you think it is, but he wants to provide it for you. He wants to take care of that but it starts with you. He's not like a genie in the bottle, right? You don't just get to, to to rub the side of the bottle, ask for something, and it just shows up. doesn't work that way. That's not how God works. He's going to love you, though, so don't, don't get me wrong. If you disobey him, he doesn't hate you. He loves you. you know, think about it. You're kids. You know, we've got kids. I think people in here have kids, right? <laughs> we, we have enough of them, so, uh, you know, We love them all the same. And when one does something wrong, you know, we don't hate that child. No matter how bad it is, we love that child. That's our child, right? There might be different consequences. They might not get blessed like the other kids for a certain thing, right? There's something that comes with it, you know. But it's not that we hate our child. Well, we're all God's children. He doesn't hate you when you disobey. But well, you might be wondering, walking around going, well, why is God showing up so big in their lives? And why does it seem easier for them? And, well, and he's saying, look, I love you. I've given you everything. I've given you all the directions, all the guidance you need. Are you applying it to your life? Are you seeking me first? Because they are. There's a difference. and I'm not speaking prosperity. I'm, I'm speaking there's a blessing that comes with this. There really is. And God will take care of you when you trust him. So I want to talk about a little bit, like, so righteousness doesn't really mean saying just a prayer once um, and then doing whatever you want to do in your life. We talked about that in the beginning. Um, there, there is saying a prayer. There is what we call justification, right? And justification is declaring who he is um, in your life. That's justification. That's a one-time thing. You, you say that, that's like saying the sinner's prayer. You're justifying and declaring who he is in your life, right? But then, sanctification, that's where people get it messed up. Sanctification is a process that we are all going through. We're all in different stages, different steps, right? So, the sanctification process is you getting to be more like Him. And we're never going to (laughs) reach that end point. So, that that should give a lot of you hope, gives me hope every single day, knowing that, that I am not trying to be perfect. Because I can't. He's perfect, and he wants to guide me in that direction. See, so there's a lot of people that try to disqualify themselves because they don't live a perfect life. That's not what this is about. Sanctification is just taking you along the steps and and guiding you along to make you more and more and more like him. Whatever more to more to more means to you, you should be going that direction and not this direction. You got it? So you want to be more like him, not the other way. That's sanctification. So righteousness involves making a choice to regularly engage in Scripture, right, and seeking Him, being thirsty, being hungry for His presence. And when that happens, guess what? When you encounter temptations in life, when the enemy's coming at whatever it is. Last week I told you, figure out what's going on in your life, how the enemy always shows up and, and attacks you. I said, figure that out. Apply the Scripture of the Bible to how he's attacking you, and you're going to know how to defeat him. You're going to know how to, 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 to fend him off. You're going to know how to keep the enemy off your back when you realize how he attacks you. That's individual. So, And you know what it is. You don't have to act like you don't. <laughs> you know where he gets you every single time. So figure out how you can tie that into the scripture, figure out what the scripture says, and apply it to your life. So righteousness comes through faith, faith through the word of God, and then obedience Uh, And we need to respond, obviously, with obedience, and that's where that comes in. I want to talk about somebody in the Bible who um, uh, I believe uh, was righteous. This is a righteous man, and and some people would not um, think that this man was that way. Uh, Bo's been teaching on Abraham uh, for the last several weeks on Tuesday. You're missing out on a great teaching. It's really good. Um, But I want to talk about Lot. Lot was Abraham's nephew. Um, When Abraham was told, Abram at the time was told to to move, he took his, his nephew Lot with him. It's back in Genesis. Uh, you can read about that. And after they, they went through a whole bunch of stuff, um, and then at one point, uh, they both have very large families and everything, and they go their separate ways. Uh, and they, they pick uh, their separate ways. And I love how Brother Bo put that. He just said, how bad does life have to be when you get, you're so filled up with earthly things that you have to go your separate way from your family? This is somebody that they've been through. And so he's been walking beside Abram and Abraham, walking beside him as Abraham is, is speaking to God, like talking to God in the presence of God, like God's there. In fact, he has like dinner with him. It's pretty cool. Well, Lot's right there. So anyway, when they separate, Lot goes and he starts to live in, in a, a, a place that was called Sodom. And we all know what Sodom and Gomorrah, um, bad stuff happens there. Well, that's where Lot lived, right? Right? And this is why I think Lot was, see, Lot listened. You know, he followed God. As, I mean, he, he was in line. You know, he followed under authority. He was in line. I, th- I believe he was in line more than a lot of people think because how can you be around Abram and him, want, and him wanting to take you everywhere he goes if you're not in line? I just don't see that. Like, I'll take you anywhere, but if you're not living the right way, there's going to be some points where I just go, no. Like, like I can't take you there. Like, it's probably not going to be healthy for you to walk into what I'm going to walk into, right? So, so I see this. I pick it up there, and Lot, he's living in Sodom, and, um, but he's not adopted to the ways. He's not adapting to the ways of Sodom. That's the difference. So he's living in a place that's really bad, but he's not partaking in that. I think he's crying out to God. I think he's crying out to God in that time, saying, Lord, this is bad. Like, this is really bad. And I think that because when you, when you go on to read in the Word, it talks about um, Abram. And what he's doing is he's actually asking, he's telling, well, God tells Abram he's going to destroy. I mean, they're having dinner. <laughs> and he pretty much says, hey, uh, I'm going to send my two buddies here. They're angels. They're going to go down there. And he goes, we're just going to destroy the place because it's bad. And Abram knows that, that his nephew lives there. And he says, well, hey. You know, I'm not going to go through the whole list of how many numbers. I mean, he just took a long time to get to the point where he said, if, if you find at least 10 righteous, will you save the city and not destroy it? And God said, yes. He goes, I will not destroy the city if I find 10 righteous people. This is a city, y'all. This isn't like a little town you're going to. He was just looking for 10 righteous people. And this is how I know that, that Lot was pretty close to God. Because when the angels showed up to the city, he knew exactly who they were. He went out and worshipped. He bowed down. He recognized them. And I'm not talking like these are, they look like people. I mean, angels don't always look like people. Like I said before, they're not, the little, they don't have the little halos and the wings. They're powerful, but they they look like, and he sent them down to the village. You know how you know that they didn't look like angels? Because when they showed up, everybody in Sodom wanted to bring them out because they said, they're just people traveling through. They're aliens of our city, so we want them. And Lot stood up for them and said, you can't have them, right? But he recognized them, which meant he was in the presence of God and knew he was a righteous man. And because of that, Because of that, the angels told him and his two daughters and his wife to get out of the town before they wiped the whole thing clean. So there was favor on him because he was righteous. He didn't find 10, but he found four. Ended up being three. Long story, short story. Go read it. Tell his wife to do what she's told. (laughs) I'm just sorry. That's just how the story went. I didn't make that up. (laughs) Baby, just do what he says. (laughs) So here's the thing. Sometimes you don't recognize. That's what I love about that. Because if you think about it, you're not going to recognize people you don't know. And that's why I think he was a righteous man. Because he was righteous. That's where God showed up and saved him, right? And saved him. Um. I think about that. Has anybody ever run into somebody you don't know, like somebody famous you don't know? You don't even realize who they are. I did. A, does everybody know Catherine Bell? She's an actress. Catherine Bell. She's an actress. Jag uh, Army wives. Um, I remember. Um, I was on a, a, when I was in the military. We handled. You know, they they did all these movie sets and everything on the base. And so I was the guy that got to coordinate all the military stuff with that. It was really cool. And um, when they came on the base, we give them all the rules, and we, I try to give them military information, like, that doesn't look right. We don't really do it that way, you know, all those things. But I was also in charge of the whole detail of all the security and stuff. So we tell them when you're on a flight line, which is where all the planes are, you can't go in certain areas. There's places that you're not allowed to go in because it's not safe, and, two, we have things in there you don't need to know about. Not that the military hides anything from people, but you, you're not allowed in there right and i remember this time that that i watched them walk over and walk across what we call a red line which is a what you don't want to do and they went into a hangar so they could get a little clip and do an interview and i remember coming in and i'm like whoa like i'm ready to call the cops i'm ready to put them down on their face and she's like hey and i'm like i don't care i don't even know you lady like, that has nothing to do with where you are right now. She's like, it's nice to meet you. I'm so-and-so. I'm like, I don't know you. Like, get out. Like, if I even, you know, I might have been, a, you know, that's why I know Lot was so righteous because if I would have even thought that I knew her I saw her on TV, I would have been like, hey, I understand you don't know. So, so these guys are showing up and Lot's like, no, 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 no. I know you guys. I've been spending time with you. I know what you look like. I recognize you. And that's how it should be. When, when you start talking to God, you should recognize his voice. You should recognize who he is and what he wants to do in your life. You should be able to hear him. That's how we're supposed to seek him. We're supposed to have that type of breastplate around us. uh, And that's what's going to protect us from the enemy. Ah. So like I said before, having faith and righteousness, they go hand in hand. I believe when you have faith of who God is and you trust in him, It goes hand in hand. But I want to shift this a little bit because I'm going to share something that it kind of opened my eyes when I looked at it this way. Um, When I used to always think about and everybody talks about the armor of God, I talk about a breastplate of righteousness. Right? But what's the Bible say about righteousness? It's a robe. It's a robe. The robe of righteousness. So I want you to think about that. It's not a Roman soldier. It's a a breastplate, this heavy armor, this, this stuff you're supposed to put on. It's a robe, right? It's a robe. And I love this is what Damon Thompson says. He says, and this is how you kind of got to break it down. For people that have been reading the armor of God backwards where you're thinking it's something different. Think about this one. um When they say the sword of the spirit, they're talking about what? The word of God. So when they say the breastplate of righteousness, why wouldn't it be the righteousness of God or the robe of righteousness that he wears? I want you to shift your thought real quick because wearing a robe and wearing a breastplate are two different things. And it should be that way in your life. Because when I think about a breastplate, which was made of uh, bronze or uh, real heavy material, I think it's like chain mail or something like that. I think that's what they called it for smart people. It's really heavy stuff that protects you. I could imagine wearing that and it was uncomfortable. I could imagine wearing that and it was making me tired and weary. But when I think about putting on a robe, (laughs) totally different. Because if you ever worn a robe, they're pretty comfortable. They're pretty warm. They make you happy. (laughs) They make you tired in a different sense. (laughs) Like you're just ready to be such at peace, you're ready. That's why they put those robes in all those fancy hotels. Not because I've been in one, but I've seen people wear them. Why it makes you comfortable. So think about wearing his righteousness, not as a breastplate of armor that's heavy, but as a robe that is light and warm. And here's the thing, it still protects you because it's his righteousness. But we think about it as something that's difficult and he's saying it's not difficult. It's actually comfortable. When you try it and you see, it's comfortable. And it fits you snugly. Why? And it fits you perfect. Why? Because you have a breastplate of truth that cinches it together, that keeps the robe tight around you. Because enough of us have been walking around where that robe is just loose and flying, and every once in a while, you're going to get shot. Every once in a while, it's going to show and expose apart. part. So he says, give me the breastplate of truth, or not, I'm sorry, the belt of truth, which will wrap around and cinch up that robe of righteousness. It's totally different. Like, so I don't think about putting on my battle gear when I walk out of the house. I think about being comfortable in his love, wearing a robe, right, and it's comfortable and it's warm, I don't need to look like I'm fighting. I don't need, because guess what? When I'm wearing his robe, it doesn't matter what anybody says. It doesn't, you know what? Think about this. If you knew how God loved you, if you knew how much he loved you and how much he cared about you and how much he's going to protect you, if you're wearing a robe, you wouldn't even have to worry about what anybody said. Because guess what? Nothing's going to hit you. Nothing's coming at you. You don't have to worry about what people say. You don't have to worry about what your mind says about yourself. You don't have to worry about anything because God has your back. And it's not putting on a breastplate. It's just putting on a robe, something really comfortable, something warm. What's funny is you never want to take off a robe. But I guarantee you, you want to take off some armor. But when I got a robe on, I could sleep in a robe. Just changes your mindset when you start getting rid of the armor and put it on as a piece, piece of clothing. And you see that if you, I love the story of the Prodigal son. So if you don't know that story once again, it's in Luke 15:20. Uh, I'm just going to talk about 21 and 22, but it's a great story about uh, these two sons, and, and they have a dad who's very wealthy, and they want their inheritance. Well, the one does, and he gets his inheritance and he leaves. And what's he do? He goes out to the world and he does everything he wants to do. And he squanders away every bit of his inheritance that, that, that he's ever earned, that his dad was gonna give him. He got it early and wasted it away. And then he felt too ashamed to go back, too ashamed. Therefore, he started to, to, to work in the fields and work for other farmers. And he found himself tending to pigs, just asking for the pods that the pigs were eating on. He says, I could at least get this if I was working for my father or working for my father's servants, excuse me. So he decides he wants to come back home, but he's broken and he's beat down. And he has no other way to come back but to try to just ask, not even to be part of, he doesn't even wanna be part of the family. He just wants to be part of the, the servants that are under his father. But in Luke 15, 21 through 22, the son said to him, Father, this is after he sees him coming. This is the good part. Like, like his dad sees him coming from afar. Think about your father. <laughs> Not just your father, your father in heaven. He sees you coming from afar. He knows everything you've been into. He knows where you stand. He knows where your heart posture is. He knows everything about you. And he sees you from afar. He sees you coming. And even though you feel ashamed, even though you feel worn out, even though you feel tired, he's chasing after you. And he sees you coming, and that's where you pick this up. And he, he comes up to his son, and it says in Luke 15, 21 through 22, it says, the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Now that's a, oof, that's, could you imagine saying that? I'm no, and there's, how many people feel that? You know, when I went into church the first time, the day I got born again, I was feeling that. I was like, I can't even walk into church. This place is gonna burn down. That's what I felt. Felt ashamed. I felt people staring at me. That's what I felt. And here's this boy and he's, his son's coming home and that's what he feels like to his own father. He says, but the father said to his servants, quick, bring the best robe. He said, bring the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. The father says, get my best robe and put it on him. That's all God wants to do. God wants to see you coming. He just wants to wrap his robe, his best robe of righteousness around you so that you don't have to do it. He says, I love you that much. I want my best one. And I'm gonna wrap it around you and make you feel the love and make you feel who I made you to feel like. (laughs) A prince. Mm. Mm. So sometimes we just have to realize as people, we have to put on our father's robe. That's what he says. I want you to put my robe on. Every day I gave it to you. I gave it to you. Where'd you you put it? (laughs) He goes, did you hang it up in the closet? Did you pack it away with a lot of other things? He doesn't care. He says, just find it and put it back on. It'll still fit. And he goes, why? Because of the truth. Because of my word. It's gonna cinch it to you and you won't be able to get it off. It's gonna fit you perfectly. So I'm gonna finish up today. I wanna read one of my favorite Psalms. I just think it's a powerful one. Uh, Probably some of you have heard it probably a million times, I don't know. I want to go to Psalms 91. Psalms 91. So if you have that on your Bible, Psalms is in the middle. Open the book. It starts out in verse 1. It says, Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence Pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say the Lord is my refuge and you make the most high your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that that you will not strike your foot against the stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. If you go back to verse 14 and you just put in your own name or anybody else you're praying for, I just put you because you love me, says the Lord. I will rescue you. I will protect you because you acknowledge my name. You will call on me and I will answer you. I will be with you in trouble. I will deliver you and honor you with long life. And I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. Such a powerful, powerful scripture about how he loves you. And he just wants you to put on his righteousness and let him cover you and him guide you and him protect you. But it all starts with you making that decision. You have the free will to do what you want. And God says, I gave you this. I gave you my best robe and I wrapped it around you. I just need you to pick it up, put it back on, seek me first, find me, let me be the shelter. So I know there's people today, there's people watching online and you needed to hear this. You needed to understand that he loves you that much, that he wants to wrap you in his best that's the righteousness he wants to put on you. And he wants you to keep putting on every single day. He wants you to know that you need to quit fending for yourself. You don't have to do it by yourself. You just have to surrender to him. Okay? You, you don't have to worry about having any shame like the son that returns to his father. He doesn't care about that. He just cares that you're coming home. He's chasing after you. He sees you coming from afar. So don't let whatever's happened in your life, don't let anything you've done, don't let anything you've done this morning get in the way of coming into his presence and trusting him and allowing him to love on you. So this morning, if that's you in here, if that's you online, I just want to pray with you. I just want to pray together. And we're going to have a, we'll have our prayer team come up after service. And if you need further prayer, come on up. Father, you see it. You see the hearts. You see the minds in the room. You see those watching online, Lord. You see the ones that are just man, they feel crushed in their own sin. They feel crushed in shame from what they've dealt with and what they've done. Father, meet them where they're at. Father, chase them down right now. Wrap your robe around them, Lord. Love on them, Father. Oh, Father, we submit it all to you, God. Do only what you can do, God. Father, we just we bind up any bit of the enemy that comes in right now that tries to to steal what you've given them, Lord. And Father, we loose your peace on them. We loose your presence on them. We loose your love on them, your forgiveness on them. Father, wrap your arms around them right now. Show them a better way, Lord. Give them the courage to step out and seek you with everything they have. In Jesus' name. And there might be people here today that, that you've never taken that step. You've never taken that first step. So it starts, like I said, to have a relationship with him. And there's people online that you haven't taken that step. You're watching church for the first time maybe the first time in a long time, and you can just feel God tugging on your heart, it starts with that relationship. You can't have that relationship unless you surrender it to Him. Unless you surrender it to Him. So if that's you and you want to receive Him into your heart today and have a relationship with Him, it's as simple as acknowledging Him. Acknowledging Him with your mouth and acknowledging Him with your heart and saying, Lord... I just need more of you. I just want you, God. I wanna wear the robe. I wanna follow you. I want you to guide me and steer me. So if that's you this morning, you don't have to worry about people calling you out. I'm not gonna make you come up front. But if you just raise your hand so I know who I'm praying with, we're gonna say a prayer together. Anybody in the church, I see it. I see it, anybody that that needs him, I see it. I see it, awesome. Come on, come on. I love it. Come on, Holy, thank you for working today, God. So if that's you, I want everybody to repeat after me because in Romans 10, 9, 10, it says that if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So that's the first step as we say that. The second step is to choose to wear the robe. Choose to seek him with everything. So as a church, we're just gonna repeat this prayer. This is to help you walk through this. And after that, let us know, fill out a connect card. Let us know you made that decision so we can show you the next step. We can walk you through the next process. So everybody just repeat after me, Jesus, I need you. I kept you out of my life for too long. I can't do it on my own. Change me. Come into my life. Be my savior. I know you died on the cross and you rose again just for me. Today, I surrender my life to you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, y'all. Put our hands together. We thank you guys. Kevin, the mic's right there, brother. Welcome up, Kevin, so he can close us out today. Associate Pastor Kevin.
7: Oh, that was good. Who got something today? Come on, I know I got something today. That was so good. I remember when I told my teens that story and I told them, you know, who had the best robe in that house? They're like, what do you mean? I'm like, who do you think had the best robe in that house? It was the father's, like it was his own robe that he placed on his child. And it was so cool that he didn't have to go around and say, hey, by the way, I'm the son because all the servants recognize that robe. All the servants recognize that ring. And so when Pastor DJ was saying about clothing ourselves with the righteousness of God, it's just something so special about that because it makes me feel like I have to do less. Like as far as I don't have to prove myself anymore. Like because the Father's righteousness will be seen by everyone around you. You know, it's just so good. Thank you, Pastor DJ, for that. Uh, During this time, this is the time where we do offering. And I had a little story that I was thinking about. Uh, Pastor DJ told me this morning, hey, I want you to do uh, the offering and close us out. And so I want to tell you this quick story. I, I know we're probably out of time, but I don't care. <laughs> uh, but there's this little story I saw online, and it was a story about Bill Gates. And, uh, and it reminded me about a story in the Bible. So I'm going to share it with you guys real quick. Um, and so what happened was Bill Gates wasn't rich yet. And this man that owned a little newspaper uh, vending shop in the airport gave him a a newspaper for free because for whatever reason, Bill Gates didn't have his wallet or he didn't have money at the time. He wasn't rich. And so he gave it to him. And that happened again a couple months later. Uh, Bill Gates was still traveling around, but he wasn't rich yet. And so uh, in their interview, Bill Gates, again, you know, he's rich now and he starts talking about. You know, how does it feel to be the richest man on in the world? How does it feel to be the richest man in the world? And if you remember, last week I talked about being rich. And, and what happened was Bill Gates said, I'm not the richest man in the world. And, and the reporter's kind of shocked. Like, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? And he said, there, there's, there's another man that's richer than me. And it happened to be this poor newspaper vendor. And what happened was, Bill Gates came, saw him again later on and said, do you know who I am? And he said, yeah, I know exactly who you are, you're Bill Gates. He said, I want to repay your kindness. You know, I want to give you whatever, you know, it's Bill Gates. He's the richest man in the world. I want to bless you. And, And the man said, no, no, no. He's like, that's not fair because out of my poorness, I gave to you. When I didn't have anything, I gave to you. And so at that moment, Bill Gates realized that he wasn't the richest man in the world. Uh, And and it reminded me of this story in the Bible where Jesus is sitting there and he's watching everybody give, right? Everybody's giving, everybody's giving. And it says that there's these people that gave like a huge amount of money, right? And everybody's like, oh, wow, look at that. Wow, that's amazing. And then there was this little old lady and she gave two, two copper coins, it says. But she gave everything. Out of her poorness, she gave everything. That's all she had left, but she gave it. And so Jesus is amazed at this time. He's amazed because he could see how rich this lady really was. She was rich. She might not have had as much money as everybody else, but out of her poorness, she gave. And so sometimes you don't have to look at the monetary value. Sometimes it doesn't matter how much you have in your pocket, how much you have in your bank account. Trust me, I've been negative before. I know some of us in here could probably relate. I've been negative before. (laughs) I've been negative before, but it's your heart posture. It just, it it doesn't matter how much you have. It just matters how much you love him, how much you want to give, how much you say, Father, I'm grateful for you. Father, I've, I've had so much ups and downs, but you've been with me this entire time. And so today I want to encourage you to give with me today. And I don't want you to give out of your richness. I want you to, or out of your monetary richness. I want you to give out of the richness of your soul, of your spirit. I want you to give with gladness and joy because you love him today. Because you love him and that's it. And no other hidden agendas. I just want you guys to, as a body of believers, as, as as a body of Christ, to give. And if you're new, this don't worry about it. If you're new, you, you don't have to worry about giving. This is for anyone who wants to give with us today, who wants to just show God how much we appreciate Him today. And so there's a couple of different ways you can give. You can give online, you can give. There's gonna be some ushers at the doors. But I wanted to share that story with you guys because I believe that we're rich. I believe that a lot of us in this place, we're rich. And maybe the zeros in our bank accounts don't show that. But the zeros in our hearts, you know, that that love in our hearts for God shows that. That's what I want today. That's that's what I want you to give today out of the love in your heart. And don't worry about the rest. If you have a dollar, amen, it doesn't matter. Let God multiply it. Let God use it. Let God steward that but today give with your heart full of love. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. Oh, God, I love you, Father. Oh, Jesus, how I desire you to be amazed with us, God. How I desire you to just be overwhelmed with us and how we give out of love, Lord not monetarily value, Lord, but I just want you to be amazed at our hearts for you. God, your word says those who are forgiven much love much, God. Thank you for what you've done for our church, God. Thank you for what you've done for our church family, God. Thank you that you've been there with us. This entire time, God, we can't thank you enough, Father. We love you. We thank you, God. Today we ask that you would bless the offerings, God. Bless those people online giving today, everyone here giving today, God. Would you bless it, Father? Would you multiply it, God? Would you use it for your glory, God, on this earth, God? Let your name be glorified, God, through it. Father, I just thank you for the heart shifts that are taking place in this congregation. Thank you for the hearts, God, that are being transformed, God. Thank you that you've given us and you've made us a people who love to give, Father. You've made us a people who love to give and to be generous, God. Oh, I thank you, Father, for these people. God, I ask right now in the name of Jesus that you would bless them, Father. Bless their minds, bless their souls, God, their spirits, God. Father, I ask that you would bless them in such a way, God. Oh, Father, would you make a distinction between us and everyone else, Father, as you did in the day of Moses, God. Oh, Father, make a distinction, God. Bless your people today, Father. I pray in Jesus' name, God. Bless their finances, God. Bless their minds and their emotions, God. In Jesus' name, Father, I thank you. And lastly, God, I ask in the name of Jesus that you would bless their health, Father. According to your word in Psalms 91, bless their health, Father. Be our shield. You are faithful, God. Your shield. God, your faithfulness is our shield and our safe place, God. Thank you. I bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, listen, the ushers are going to, yeah, there you go. Hey, God deserves it. Woo. Hey, listen, the ushers are going to be by the doors, but if you need prayer today, If you need a breakthrough in your finances, you need a breakthrough in your marriage, if you need healing, whatever it is, please come to the front. Our prayer partners will be here and we want to pray for you. We love you guys. We hope to see you next week. God bless you.
2: Don't forget, you put a ring upon my finger, you put a robe upon my back, you throw your arms around me and say, you are my son, my daughter. Don't forget, you put a ring upon my finger, you put a robe upon my back. You throw Your arms around me and say, You are my son, my daughter. Don't forget, You put a ring upon my finger. You put a robe upon my back. You throw Your arms around me and say, You are my son, my daughter. Don't forget, You put a ring upon my finger. You put a robe upon my back you throw your arms around me and say you are my son my daughter don't forget you put a ring upon my finger you put a robe upon my back you throw your arms around me and say you are my son my daughter don't forget